It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. an eye out for it though we'll let you know if it happens during the show but so far it is uh it is all quiet right now on the proverbial western front let's go get started with the need to know news here's your need to know news like i said the zach ed watch continues the deadline to withdraw 11:59 tonight no indication nobody seems to know anything we're just waiting We'll see what happens. Cubs got their second straight win over the Rays last night, 2-1. to one. That gave Shane McClanahan his first loss of the year as well. Nice work. Kyle Hendricks with the no-no, or the no decision, I'm sorry. Uh, five innings, six hits, one earned, three walks, three strikeouts. Nico Horner, homers, happens Suzuki having themselves a uh, day as well. They both went two for three. Currently uh, in action here, the Cubs 2-0 at the end of the third. Steele's going to exit early. I did not see what happened with Justin Steele, but he's out after three innings. No hits, no runs, no walks, one strikeout. He throws 29 pitches in three innings of work. So if, if I see what happens, I will let you know. But it looks like he's going to have a seat and uh, Wesneski's coming in. Nobody seems to have anything here. Met with the traders uh, after the third. And uh, there you go. So we'll work to get it. Uh, if I get that too, I'll let you know. I'm watching for a whole bunch of stuff now. Look at this. This will go well. Uh, Sox also winners yesterday, seven to three. Southsiders dug out of an early two nothing uh, or early two run hole. Lucas Giolito five innings, three runs, five strikeouts. Gave up two homers though. Berger and Robert three for four with a run each. Vaughn three RBIs, a two for three night for him. Gonzalez two for four, two runs, two RBIs. He extends his homer streak to three games as well. I'll tell you, he's been. I said it yesterday. I'm like. Dude has been sneaky good all of a sudden. Now, it's currently 6-1. to one. The Angels on top of the White Sox. Middle of the third inning. Sock going great for Lance Lynn. Three hits, six hit, or three innings, six hits, six runs. Six of those earned. Two walks, three strikeouts. He's given up two long balls as well. Otani homered. Trout homered off him. Yeah, not looking great. White Sox with just one hit. That's it. One measly hit, and that comes from Yolan Moncada. Gavin Sheets with a sack fly got him to score back in the uh, second inning. 
So we'll keep an eye out on those. Uh, times for Purdue's first four football games have been announced. The season will start September the 2nd at noon on Big Ten Network. Then the Virginia Tech game, noon on ESPN2. Syracuse at home, 7.30 p.m. NBC. And Wisconsin, 7 p.m. Fox Sports 1. We also know that the Illinois game at home will be either a late afternoon game or a 7.30 start. Same for the following week at Iowa. And then Nebraska will either be a noon or late afternoon start. We're not in the late window at all there. Harrison Softball Regional Champs again. The state runner-ups continue their march to the championship game again. They beat Westfield last night 4-3. Harrison will host the four-team semi-state. They play Penn at 11 a.m. That's a rematch of last year's semi-state championship game, which Harrison won 3-2-1. And uh, that will do it. That is today's Need to Know News. All right. uh, Hey, winner last night, right? We're we're off to a good start here. We took uh, Arizona that first five. Winner there. Let's do it again. I like to use my friends from DraftKings. That was a lot of good early window stuff this morning, like, Josh Jung was a great bet on the hits homer. I had Otani as well, and then I had a parlay with the two of them. So we're feeling good here. Uh, I'll tell you this, Cubs look dialed in right now, but losing Steele all of a sudden is not... That's giving me a little pause, the live bet here. Guardians of Baltimore just started. Um, Atlanta and Oakland. Atlanta's lost two of those games at Oakland. And I'm not even getting 2-1 to one on my money to take Oakland. Here's what I'm going to do, though. I am going to go out to Pittsburgh for today. Now, mind you, this is a 345 start, so you've got time to get in on this. I'm looking at Mitch Keller over 6.5 strikeouts. He's been great. Great campaign for him. He's 6-1, ERA, 1.02 whip in 11 starts. He's been consistent. Keller ranks in the 80th percentile or higher in average exit velo, hard hit percentage, expected ERA, expected on base, K percentage, and walk percentage. Giants rank in the bottom half of the league in hits per game. Batting average and on base. They also swing and miss at a high rate. They rank third to last in the league in strikeout percentage when facing right-handed pitchers. And you look at Wednesday's projected lineup here for San Francisco. Uh, They have nine hitters that possess a strikeout rate north of 21%. Keller has hit this mark, the six and a half, in six straight games. And you can get this at about minus 120, minus 130 or so. So I'm all on that one right now. Mitch Keller. And we're going to go over six and a half strikeouts that's what I'm going to go with Giants also third most strikeouts uh, over the last 15 days they're whiffing they're swinging a lot and they are missing kind of stinks man can't get anything in for uh, your White Sox can't get anything in for the Cubs. I hate when both these games start. Early. 
All right. So that's our bet tonight. Uh, they do have, look, by the way, a lot of stuff going on for baseball. No sweat Wednesday bet for you. Uh, 50% profit boost on anything you want as well. And they still have that get up to 100% boost on your same game parlay for each leg added. We will remind you, though, that the memorial starts tomorrow. If you want to get in on Adam Shank to win it, they will give you a plus 250 odds boost on any golfer. Any golfer to win. Now, should you use that on Adam? Uh, look, he's already at uh, 200 to 1. So an extra 250, you know, ain't going to do you a whole lot there. But if you do want to, look, if you do want to get in on Adam, 35 to 1 to place top 5, 12 to 1 to place uh, in the top 10 is, is not bad there. Not bad at all. Tomorrow night, look, we're going to have NBA Finals action going on. They'll have all kinds of stuff for you on that as well. Uh, so you don't want to miss out. That's why I like my friends over there at DraftKings. They're doing a great job for you. So, uh, yeah, start getting in on, uh, do your research. Get on all that early there. Get yourself the best lines as uh, we prepare for tomorrow. But, yeah, that's what we're doing in the world of baseball tonight. It is Mitch Keller for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Over six and a half strikeouts. Uh, I believe, what did I get that at earlier? My app's being slow. I don't know why. But I got it about like minus like 120 or so. So take advantage while you still can. I look, I think most of your hits, my my you know my favorite thing, the hits runs and uh, RBIs. I think we've had most of the best ones here in the early window. Like Josh Young was great, Otani was great. Uh Arise is uh good for you today as well. I was reading, what was I reading about him? That he, in that hits, runs, and RBIs category, he's been pretty consistent there. He's hit in his last five games. He's 66% on the season, and he's uh, hit Benny Snell rather well. He's two for two, um, and he's hitting 333 against left-handed pitching, so that's not bad. So if you're looking to get into that, the, he's not a bad alternative um, Altuve's good on that as well. Six of nine for the year. Four of his last five, he's hit over one and a half hits, runs, and RBIs combined. He's hitting 385 versus right-handed pitching. Um, Varlin's not exactly a huge threat. And those are the other props that I'm looking at. There's, I, I wouldn't touch the Braves today. I know, like, Fade Oakland seems like an easy thing for you. Um... I think you're getting a little value for the Pirates today. If you want to take the whole game, if you want to take first five, I think Keller's better than Alex Wood. That's not bad. The Dodgers are huge favorites today. It's minus 230. That's nothing that I can really rec- I can recommend it to you, but you're not making much money on that thing, are you? Um, I think you're getting some value out of the Marlins at home. I think they should be the favorites in that one, and you can still find them some places of plus money, which is uh, which is great. So there's nothing else on the card here tonight that it, it, it just seemed like a very flat night. 
Like if I thought we were in good, some of these good graces, I just the the lines were just a little too out of whack for me today. See, I'm kind of I'm a I'm a little backed off on uh, on the card on baseball today. I need my hockey back tomorrow. I need NBA back tomorrow. Let's go. All right, we'll continue Zach Eady watch here. We'll keep you up to date here. We'll see if we can find out what happened with Justin Steele getting uh, run off the mound. But we're going to come back next. Let's take a look at this uh, Purdue football schedule. Now we got some start times. Uh, you know, what are we thinking? Let's talk about it next. You're listening to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Hammer. Dot- Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show. It's 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jesselice. Thanks for making me a part of your uh, Wednesday here already. Man, I totally spaced it yesterday. I usually do golf like on Mondays. It got pushed to Tuesdays, and I'm out here calling a restaurant for the Monday special. The lady just talked to me like I was an idiot, because I am. Uh, but, yeah, i got to keep on reminding myself that it is uh, it is Wednesday. All right, uh, we're keeping an eye out here on the Cubs. Two nothing. They still lead. It's uh, eight to one. The Angels have taking uh, taken a commanding lead uh, when it comes to uh, that one. So maybe not so. Maybe not the Southsiders' day here today. Uh, still looking for a reason. On the Justin, or what happened with the Justin Steele injury? Um, watching the replay, it just seems like his left arm, like something's bothering him there. But that would be an absolutely huge loss for the Chicago Cubs if he was going to be out for an extended period of time. So, uh, we hear anything official, we will let you know. All right, big news today as uh, Purdue football got some uh, really, really great news. It's this new schedule that has been released. We have the times and we have the networks here. And there's some good stuff with this. Now, you're the first football game to get started at noon on Big Ten Network September the 2nd. Okay, so that's good. A lot of eyeballs there. Go to Virginia Tech, it's noon on ESPN2. September the 16th, you're at home, Syracuse, 7.30, under the lights, NBC. Don't get much better than that. Turn around, another 7 p.m. game that Friday night, Fox Sports 1 on the 22nd. The 30th, you have the option of the late window or the 7.30. Same thing when you go to Iowa, 7.30 at Nebraska, either, you know, noon or the late window. So when I look at these schedules here and I look at the times, a couple things that I want. I want prime time and national coverage as much as possible, preferably at home. The more at home, the better it is. I rather, if I have the option, I'd rather not play primetime on the road, but primetime's still primetime. I want those road games mainly, you know, 12. If it's going to be a squash, hey, I'll take that late window. 
So it, when you look at this, the, the fact that you get the ESPN2 for Virginia Tech, it's at noon, but again, the national coverage with the ESPN2, that Syracuse game on NBC is going to be fantastic. You're trying to break the strat against Wisconsin. Two new head coaches, Fox Sports 1, 7 p.m. It's a Friday. Not thrilled about that. I think it's for high school football. I'm going to be at high school football. Is what it is. Then you got a couple of, you know, windows here. The 730 windows the next couple of weeks. One's at Illinois, one's at Iowa. I I, I don't like being in prime time against uh, somebody on the road. Crowds tend to be just a little bit more hype. I like the night games at home because I think that's where you get some of the best crowds, especially in like September when they can be very, very hot out and there's a lot of that sun. Students and crowd maybe pounding pounding a few cold ones, a few seltzers, you know. It's tough for them to stay in it, stay loud. I love the night games, especially in September. That That's a great setup. But, you know, there's really no substitute for having that atmosphere on national television. It is a huge recruiting tool. How do you feel about the night games? Text me on the Hammerhead hotline, 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. Would you rather see more of the noon starts or the night games? If I have my choice, I like, look, I I like them all. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if one is necessarily better than the other. I do know I don't want to be doing 730, you know, in the middle of November. Take me in the middle of October and then keep me in those early windows when the sun is out. That's just me. Now, I've heard people tell me here that, well, you know, the students can't make it all day. They get up too early. They party. So, you know, they don't show. I don't buy that at all. Did you go to that Penn State game last year? The kids showed out for that one. It was great atmosphere. Absolutely amazing atmosphere for that blackout. They'll show up. They'll do it. They got to pace themselves in the middle of the day. That's fine. They'll do it. But national TV, you got three of those locked in already with ESPN2, NBC, and Fox Sports 1. You've got two other possible 730, I would assume, national TV. I mean, that's big. Again, that showcases uh, your, your program. Are there other... Games on at that time? Absolutely, but it's not the plethora that it is when you kick off at noon. You don't have to fight for that. You get a lot of other casual fans that are looking for a game to watch and looking for something good. You have a chance to show off your brand to them. And in a year where you have a new head coach and a whole new vibe and you're hoping to shock some people, if you can start doing that on primetime TV, it's a, it's a snowball effect. 
So yeah, this is great news, I thought. I think I think Purdue got some huge breaks here. I don't know what the big one is for me here. It's probably that Wisconsin game, and it's on a Friday just because of how long it's been. Not gonna lie, I, I I've got a lot of animosity towards Syracuse after that game last year. A lot of animosity. I'm still not pleased with how that thing ended. These are all great times. It's a nice little spread here early on. But boy, that mid-September all the way through the end of mid-September, those three games, Syracuse, Wisconsin, Illinois, you could be playing three straight night games. Maybe four straight night games. You talk about Iowa. But three straight night games at home. They don't have Indiana playing night games all the time, I'll tell you that much. It tells you that the networks do have some faith here, too. So I'm pretty pumped. I'm very pumped, and you should be, too. All right, we'll continue. Uh, Zach E.D. watch here. So far, we got nothing. A lot of people saying this, is, this may go down to like 11 o'clock at night. This might be super late. I don't know. Is one, does this tell us one thing or another? I don't know. But we do have some other Purdue basketball news that's good for some incoming recruits. Uh, we'll talk about that and more. Stick around. Hey, we got more Hammer Down show for you after the break on 1017 The Hammer. 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back to The Hammer Down show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. All right, updates uh, up in Chicago. Both teams in action on the south side, still 8-1 to one top of the fifth. Uh, the Angels in control of that one. Cubs are still up 2 nothing in the bottom of the fifth. One out. It sounds like, it, and this is uh, what Jed Hoyer is on the uh, marquee broadcast, said Justin Seal was trying to stretch out his forearm for most of the game. Cubs wanted to be cautious in that removal. No definitive word on what the Cubs are thinking. So there you go. It's a precautionary measure of what they're telling us. But Steele did leave that game uh, after three innings. Went nine up, nine down. It was great. Um, but he he's out. Now, that is something that we have to monitor because uh, that would be huge. You know, you're just getting Kyle Hendricks back. We talked about it last week. Um, getting Hendricks back, you needed another arm because you thought the bottom two... Uh, you know, Tyan and Wesneski eh, wasn't going to get it done for you. But this is where they're at. If anything else new comes up, we'll let you know. All right, uh, we continue on Zach Eady Watch, and we got nothing. We got nothing. A lot of people thinking that this thing is going to go like literally down to the wire. I said it yesterday when we talked about this. That I thought it would come a little bit sooner rather than later just because you don't want any kind of error at the last second. You know, you should probably have all the info that you're going to get at that time. So 
for him to not have a decision made at this point, it's a little shocking. Pretty much all the other Big Ten players deciding whether they're going to stay or they go have done so. We're still waiting on Zach. What would he be waiting for? There's a lot of money on the line here, right? There's a there's a cutoff for those guaranteed contracts. He, he would like to have one of those. If he's not looking at getting that, you would think that he would want to come back because, hey, that's more money. If money is the factor here, if, let me read between the lines. And I, I genuinely don't think he has made a decision. What If I were speculating based on everything that I have read, I would say that he's right around a cutoff where he thinks a team could take him and it's good for him and a team, you know, or or where he would be taken, which could potentially be bad for him uh, in, in that payday. And maybe what he has to grapple with is, hey, I may have to take a risk here to go to the NBA, which is what I want to do. Or I stay here, the safer bet, I I, I get something uh, rather than, oh, you know, a lot less. I mean, you figure if he can come back here and he can clear, if he cleared high six figures last year, do seven figures maybe going into this year, or at least that, that's still more than what you get if you get up picked up on a roster and then you end up like, you know, G-League or something. That's still a very, very big difference. So is it a bird in the hand, or do you bet on yourself and you roll the dice and see what comes up? He may know the decision, maybe staring him in the face, and he just wants to be sure. But I don't think this is intentional. I don't think this is a drama thing. Uh, I don't think, you know, it's here just to drum up interest. Doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. I, I genuinely think he is grappling with that decision, and you know it'll be, you know, that's a six-figure at least decision next year on you know where you could be at. There's there's a guaranteed, and that's a good amount of money. There's Purdue in the middle, and then there's the worst-case scenario. By coming back to, I I don't know that he. This is the other factor in this. I don't know that he can improve his stock any more than it already is. I think there's only bad things can happen to that. He's got to weigh that as well. you got to think long term. However, he can go out there still have a great campaign. Maybe he's not player of the year, but he wins some awards. Everything looks good. And he could be right back in the exact same boat. If that's the case, you would most definitely want to come back to Purdue, wouldn't you? There's a lot of layers that he has to process with this. And I'm sure he's talked to Matt Painter, gotten the feedback and said, hey, you know, if I do come back, can we, can we work on these things? You know, this is what the teams say they need out of me or they need to start seeing out of me. Can we work on some of these things? And this team, believe it or not, it is going to change with the arrival of a, you know, Miles Colvin, Cam Heidi coming off the bench. They will get more athletic. 
one of those problems that they struggled with was um, having a, a larger athletic kind of body to be able to drive to the hole. So they relied on you either got into Zach or you, you, you shot the three essentially, right? That inside out. But they need somebody that's going to continue to drive it to the basket. There's a real threat to do that. And they will. Back Miles Colvin going to the U19 training camp to try out for that team for USA basketball. That's big. Trey's done it. Carson Edwards did it. Swanigan did it. So if he's able to make that list, by the way, he'll make some recruiting agencies look really stupid if he makes this team uh, where they have him ranked. Not that he hasn't already, in my estimation. But it seems going to be a little bit more dynamic. And I don't know that Zach needs to be the focal point. And that may be a good thing. Might loosen up some defense on him. So like I said, there, there's all of these tranches to this. All these levels that he's got to figure out. So I don't fault him for taking all the time. I think he's got all the information. I don't know that anything's going to change at the 11th hour and somebody's going to come out and say, hey, listen, uh, come by for a workout. We really think this is what we want to do. You know, we're going to take you in that late first round. I, I think he has a pretty darn good idea of where he would go, and it may just be right there on that line. And he's got to balance out this risk of coming back and, and taking some guaranteed good money or going to the NBA and you know, risk losing out on a lot of money maybe early in his career. It's very complicated for him. I can't stay up till 11 o'clock, though. I can't stay up till midnight. It's not going to work for me. Look, we're going to take uh, one more break here. We'll come back. Hey, we'll get things we missed. Uh, we'll check in with Cubs and White Sox and more. Stick around. This is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017 TheHammer.com. Zach Eady Watch, we just hit the refresh and we got nothing. There we go. Uh, you guys sounded off here on the Hammerhead hotline. Uh, I did get one right here. It says, let's see here. If it's all about the money, talk about Zach Eady, he should do what Hunter Dickinson did and transfer. At least he would have a chance to go to the Final Four because Map Painter uh, ain't going to get him there. And I am a Purdue fan. Uh, that is uh, one texture. Not my words, texture, but hey, I appreciate the listen, and I do appreciate the text message as uh, we remain on the lookout for what is going to happen uh, with Zach Eady. Let's get into some of the things that we may have missed. So, and this happens every summer, $50,000 on the line for the Scripps National Spelling Bee. They used to put this bad boy on ESPN at times during the summer. It is uh, currently on Ion and Fubu, Fubo TV. So this will run uh, today uh, from till, till 10 p.m. Finals are Thursday in the same time slot. Now, I, I think what our athletes go through is pretty darn amazing, right? To get their bodies to where they need to be, the amount of work, the amount of practice, but the fact that we got these kids literally sitting on a stage for, what is this, 9 to 7.30 yesterday was the prelims? 
quarterfinals today from eight, or, uh, 8 to 1. And then another 8 to 10 p.m. tonight. I can't imagine what it is like, the anxiety to get up there, have that pressure, spell a word, and then you have to sit there and wonder for, what, like another 30, 40 minutes? That's crazy to me. And it's nothing but like words that you've never heard of. Miss Pickle? What is what does that even mean? Hydrilla? Whoa. Like I'm looking these are some of the words that are getting spelled correctly. People are getting kicked out of this thing for not having to be able to spell uh death story or apophyllite. What are those I, I I don't know what the trick is. I I just don't. I was I'm a terrible I'm still a terrible speller. These kids have got my respect. I don't know how in the world they do it. But nobody knows what any of these words mean. Have you ever watched this thing and they give this huge word and I used to be like why do they always ask like what it means? What's the definition of the word? I'm sure that has something to do with the spelling of it a little bit. But at the same time, I would be like, yeah, could you just tell me what that is? Because I feel like that's made up. I'm sure to get here, though, they spell basically everything, every word that you've ever uttered in your life. So you've got to go with this kind of stuff. How do you train for this? Like, I need, I need more details on how in the world they do this at such a young age. Good for them, though. Good for them. So the Athletic has a report on the breakup between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. If you Bears fans want to get into that, it goes back to 2020 when they decided to draft Jordan Love. Rodgers said he poured himself a glass of tequila, waited for a call. To preserve the relationship between Rodgers and coach Matt LaFleur, the team told the QB that uh, the front office made the decision to take love, not LaFleur. In the article, Aaron said, I had friends who said, hey, Matt looked super excited when they made the draft pick. And I said, I don't care, honestly. Like, they made the pick. They all signed off on it. Hmm. It is a business. But I get when you are the franchise and they decide that they are going to draft your replacement. And getting close to the contract and all that stuff. But here's my thing. If you were that upset about it. If this caused enough of a riff. What have you been doing there the last couple of years? Why haven't you gone to him and said, hey, listen, I want out. I'm done. Why do we go through the suspense and the darkness retreats and all that other crap? Life happens, Roger said. When I hit him back, 
He was already out of town, but it wasn't like I hit him back five days later. He hit me up like in the morning of one day. I hit him up either the night or the next morning or the next day, and he was gone. He doesn't seem like the best communicator in the world. Kyle's right. You know, the charter sat in that seat across from me here, and he constantly talked about how he's a weird dude. He's got issues. He's just not very open and out about it. He's just kind of bizarre. Not that I ever called him wrong, but I mean, he that, that was like, that was a hill he would die on. And yeah, it makes... Makes a lot. I still don't get the darkness retreat. What do you... Makes no sense to me. That's going to do it for us on the Hammer Down Show. All right, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Tomorrow, hey, 3 o'clock, we're back. We will know whether Zach Eady is staying or whether he is going. We'll talk about that. We're getting closer and closer to the weekend here. Hopefully we'll update on Justin Steele. I'll see you back here tomorrow on 101.7 The Hammer and 